Hey guys, Hide and Seek is now on Patreon. If you'd like to learn how to support the work we do, please visit www.patreon.com backslash Hide and Seek Podcast. For as little as $5 a month, you can get access to exclusive rewards. Rewards include live events, early access to video trailers, ad-free episodes, never-before-seen videos, behind-the-scenes video and photo content, along with extended and never-before-heard interviews. My team and I would be honored to have you. Again, visit patreon.com backslash hide-and-seek-podcast. Thanks, guys. The views and opinions expressed by guests on the Hide and Seek podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or positions of the host or contributors. Hey everyone, this is Sarah. Would you like to take a more active role in the Hide and Seek community? Would you like to share your thoughts with other listeners? Join us in the Hide and Seek podcast discussion group on Facebook. You can find us by searching Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. This podcast deals with mature topics that may not be suitable for all listeners. Material heard on the Hide and Seek Podcast is intended for adult listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Sweet dreams are made of this. 24-Hour News Aid's Brady Gillum went to Sturgis tonight to speak with the missing woman's mother about what may have happened to her daughter. I can tell you where she most likely is. I hadn't seen anybody that I felt comfortable saying anything to until today. The stories they tell are pretty fucked. They're pretty freaking gruesome. I kept all the text messages, Facebook messages, the messages between me and Brittany. I have all of them. I have everything. I told him, I said, I kill all them motherfuckers. And I was going to have my people fucking take care of it. I'll just say Brittany's name out of nowhere just to see what somebody says. Because this little town around here would be hard to hide something like that. Because eventually everything comes out. To me, some days I don't believe anything happened to her. I think she's love. This is Hide and Seek, Season 3. I'm your host, James Basinger. Hey guys. In our last episode, you heard from Jade. Jade is someone rabbit dated and was close to around the time Brittany disappeared. Jade confirms that rabbit was their go-to guy when it came to purchasing drugs. At one point in high school, Jade and Eric dated. She tells me that that's as far as it went in regards to the relationship, though the two continued to be friends after high school and even reconnected after Jade moved back to the area. Jade told me that at one point, She wanted to purchase a car, so she pulled a chunk of cash out of her trust fund. Shortly days after doing so, she says $10,000 was stolen from her. Jade says she feels strongly that Eric S. and another male were responsible for the money disappearing. Since she doesn't know the facts of the situation, she leaves it up for debate. Hearing this throws me back to my interview with Chris Pontius when he says Ashley and Eric came into some money. Before this all happened, she was asked out. I seen her getting evicted from her apartment. Her unemployment had ran out. All this stuff. And then, then, then she, never, she never went broke. She, she was like, boom, all of a sudden she had money. Where did it come from? That's what I'm saying. And, 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 and like I, I said, the only thing I could trace it back to is, is actually showing up with all this money, which makes her the, like ace deuce coon culprit if she don't have no explanation for that money. You know what I'm saying? Jade recalls what was happening with Rabbit, Eric, and herself around the time of Brittany's disappearance. She specifically recalled Eric being particularly interested in fire, even going as far as stealing some kind of fire accelerant tool from Wayne's house, 
she said. She continued on to say that she noticed a drastic change in Eric's behavior. This testimony confirms what I've heard from others who have also shared similar testimony. Now those individuals have requested to remain anonymous. However, several of them have confirmed that Eric S. went by the nickname Matches. One of my sources shared that Eric S. was so pompous about fire starting that he even admitted to starting the fire at Don Hills in December of 2018. This brings us to the information from sources who confirm that Eric tells them it takes seven tires to burn a body. Why? Why would one know this or make a comment like this? Especially when the mother of your child's missing and rumors about her demise involved being burned have run rampant for years. I want to be clear. This information has come from more than one source. Throughout this season, we've heard multiple accounts about counterfeit money making happening at the home of Don Hill. Similar accounts have surfaced about counterfeit money making at Ashley's. A source shared with us firsthand knowledge of the printer that was being used to print money at her home. The same source spoke about being asked to pick up a specific type of ink for that printer after Brittany disappeared. You may recall similar information coming out during my interview with Jeffrey Kiesling. Jeffrey told me about an exchange he had with Pocket while they were at Walmart. Pocket explained to Jeffrey which type of ink they needed for the job. Jeffrey denies participating in the counterfeit money making or purchasing the ink. Like the one time they asked me about some, some ink for the printer or something like that. But other than that, I don't know. It was just, it was just I was something that I can remember. Cause I remember that's, that's where my interaction was like, uh, pocket came in. We went to Walmart one time and like he was trying to show me what kind of ink he needed, blah, blah, blah. I didn't really steal from stores or anything like that. So they were trying to get some ink for a printer, him and Ashley. So he was just showing me what kind of ink they needed and they were trying to get some ink, but I mean, I, I would have just bought it, but I didn't have the money. So, and like, I didn't steal it. Eventually somebody probably got them what they needed, but I, I didn't, that's what I'm telling you. My source stated that Ashley's request to pick up ink from Walmart took place after Brittany disappeared. Knowing Pocket was arrested November 29th seems to confirm that Ashley continued a counterfeit money-making operation after Pocket was arrested. Is it possible Brittany knew what was going on at Ashley's? I was curious how they would use the fake money. Since my source was familiar with the operation, I asked what I was told was that real bills would be stacked and filled in with counterfeit bills for easier passing when purchasing drugs. Another way fake bills would be passed is by exchanging fake bills at local small businesses, specifically within the Amish community. Pin this date to your mental suspect board. Saturday, January 19th, 2019. Knowing all of this makes us wonder, if Brittany knew about the counterfeit money making. Did Brittany know about the other types of activity taking place at Ashley's? Did she know Eric was going to start running for rabbit? Did Brittany want in on the runs? Or the counterfeit money? Before I ended my call with Jade, or I guess a better way to put it, is right before our call was cut off, she mentioned that the three of them, Rabbit, Eric, and herself, stopped by the Golden Buddha four times. She told me when they stopped by the first time, Eric S. had intentions of making Brittany jealous by being there with her. I asked Jade who interacted with Brittany during their first visit. She said they all did. She says it wasn't until the three of them get back into the car to leave that she confirmed with them that the woman working inside was Eric's wife. Perhaps one of the most interesting statements in Jade's testimony is her recollection of Eric confronting Brittany about being a snitch. It's clear there was no trust in the relationship between the two. Looking at Brittany's conversation history with Sheldon, we see her mention to him her suspicions that Eric could be behind the raid that occurred at their home. It seems odd to me that Rabbit doesn't mention this when giving his recollection of his encounter at the Golden Buddha. He recalls only interacting with Brittany on one occasion when he says he purchased a pipe from her. 
he doesn't mention stopping by multiple times with Eric and Jade. And he never mentions making a pass at Brittany. Something we heard about from Jessica. I wanted to follow up with Jade on her recollection of the four visits to the Golden Buddha she spoke about. Let's go back to what we were talking about before the last episode or last call got dropped. Okay. Yeah. Um, you were like, yeah, we had gone to the Golden Buddha four times. Yes. That's a very specific number. Yes. How do you remember that? What stuck out to you? Um, well, okay. So for me, I used to be afraid after getting drug charges before, like, and the police always pulling me over, like buying pipes or whatever. So like we tried to avoid the Buddha, but every time that they wanted to go, that's where they wanted to go. It was on the state line and there's always cops like on the state line. So for me, I just knew every time we went there, like that's where it was. Cause there's other places to buy pipes now, but like back then that was like the main place, you know what I'm saying? And so that's how I know. Okay. It was four times, yes. Okay. I know I'd asked you this question before, but your time with Eric, I mean, when he's... he's there's a, Does he walk from where Wayne used to live to Sturgis multiple times, or, or was this like a one-time deal? Like No, it was like we would meet up, and like he would do this multiple times. So it wasn't just one specific time, but I do know that one specific time he told me where he would park that, and that's where I, I brought up the Marathon gas station. There were multiple times where there'd be like five of us all like, you know, we'd all like kind of meet up and see where we're at. And like they would ask for help and we just kind of have a session together. Like we used music and stuff. It was just kind of a group thing. And then like, yeah, he would just skedaddle, you know, and walk. So. All right. So other question I have is, did Rabbit ever talk to you or Eric ever talk to you about counterfeit money making? Yes, um, I um, I don't know um, about them making it, but I remember them having it, and they were kind of like going around and buying things. And I don't know if someone got caught, but I know Rabbit was a little bit sketchy and sketched out about a lot of stuff pertaining to money. So you saw the counterfeit money yourself? Yes, I did. How real did it look? The fives and the twenties, th- those look legit if you didn't really pay attention. You know what I'm saying? The hundred dollar bills, nah. Like, you could definitely tell. Like, they had to work on that. But like, I didn't ever see them make that shit. But like, the fives and the twenties, they look like legit. And when I started working at the gas station, um, I started to notice more of that shit coming through. Not just from them. It was like you know other people like that they had either done like deals with or whatever. But I knew that some shit was going down. And Rabbit would always tell me, like, Jay, just stay away. You don't want a part of this shit. So, like, I didn't really ask questions, but I did see it in their hands quite a few times. Yeah. Do you know where he was getting it from? No, that I don't know. Not at all. Mm -mm. On December 10th, 2018, two days after Brittany's been reported missing, Eric S. forwards a post created by Greg Wallace, Brittany's father, to Rabbit. The post requests information on Brittany's whereabouts. Rabbit's response. Damn, bro. Eric replies. Yeah, I'm lost. Rabbit. Is that your ex? This response from Rabbit confuses me. He knew who Brittany was. And he knew that the two were separated at the time. After all, they did stop by the Golden Buddha multiple times. At least four, according to Jade. Jay confirms what many others have told us. Eric was upset with Brittany about signing away rights to their child. Recently, we were told that Eric wasn't present during the court hearing. Apparently, he was in jail. However, in his own words, That's going to crush me more than anything in the world if I lose my daughter. Jay tells us that she encouraged Eric to do what he needed to do to regain custody of his child. From her perspective, though, she said it seemed clear that Eric was not willing to put in the work that it would require of him. My contact with a recent source proved to be quite interesting. I asked, Was Eric reluctant or difficult when signing over his parental rights? The source responds with what Brittany told them. Don't worry about Eric. He won't put up a fight. I have something over him that'll make him sign. 
So what's Brittany talking about, Eric? What did she hold over your head that was so damning that you would sign away your rights to your child, even if it was going to crush you? Your child and the children that look to you as their father will one day hear this. They'll want to know about your time with their birth mother and they'll have questions about what happened to her. And they'll have questions about you too. After all, you're the only father they really knew for much of their young lives. Did they run to you when they were hurt or needed a hug? Do you remember the sounds of their laughter? Do you remember what those hugs feel like? Did they call you daddy, Eric? You may not want to answer my questions, but how long will you ignore the questions from your own child, from the children that looked at you as their father? My relationship with Rabbit came to an end roughly two weeks ago. I can't ask any more follow-up questions. But there's one last thing I want to share about what I took away from Valerie's Facebook download and private messages between her and a Facebook profile by the name of Nick the Boss. Valerie receives a message from Nick the Boss. Why? Why what? He did it. Who is this? And what the fuck are you talking about? JG. He dated BS. A link to a music video is forwarded to Valerie from the profile Nick the Boss. The music video is a fan-created video for a song called Water's Edge by Seven Mary Three. To be clear, this is not a music video created by the band. In the context of Britney's disappearance, the video is disturbing. It shows a male stalking a woman as she walks through the forest. Eventually, the male attacks the female beating her to death. Friend of yours, JG. First name, Jake. Gotta go. Careful. Of what? JF equals murder, Inc. He killed her. Who? B. Shank. Brittany? Shoots her in the head at Jim's. Jim who? Big Jim. I'm confused. Who am I speaking with and why did you contact me? No. Jake dated B. No one knows. Valerie throws out some information she thinks is behind the profile. Nick ignores this and continues. She's telling. Who's telling? Jake killed her. I saw it from outside. Go to Jim's. He's a monster. Look, you want me to know something, don't play games. And surely don't fucking involve me in this. I can't go to a place I don't know about. What proof do you have? Solid proof. I saw it. I was outside. You won't even say who you are. Outside where? Outside Jim's. I saw it. Where is Jim? Constantine. JG shot her in the head at the table. Alone? It appears as though Valerie loses her patience. She tells Nick, the boss, she has his IP address. And the trickery isn't working. Val continues to ask, who is behind the profile? Who the fuck are you? This must be Jay because Ashley's in jail and nobody else would say something bizarre about you. You all think this shit is a game or something. It's fucking not. You all talk, every single one of you, and bust your dumb ass selves out every time. I don't believe in coincidences. And if this is Jay, that's pretty fucking low for you to pull something like this on someone that's not only been your friend, no matter what you may get yourself into, but I consider you as my brother. This shit has gone way too far, for far too long. Fuck, if she's not dead, make it a big deal that she's found. If she is dead, make it a big deal. Her kids finally will have closure. Everyone can talk, but nobody can fucking bring closure to her family and friends. But goddamn, most of all, closure for her children. I don't give two fucks who's a snitch and who's not a snitch. 
I don't run with the crowd. So send your little attachments of someone I have no clue who it even is to others that give a fuck. What others do in their life, as long as it's not hurting a child or fucking with those I love and care about, I can care less what they're running their mouths about. I guess those worried about who's being a snitch must be doing something that they shouldn't be doing and putting themselves around individuals they shouldn't be. There's more to life than to wonder who's loyal and who to trust. It really turns my stomach that whoever you are, you wanted to message me saying that you saw whatever happened made no sense to me. What others do in their life, as long as it's not hurting a child or fucking with those I love and care about, I can care less what they're running their mouths about. I guess those worried about who's being a snitch must be doing something that they shouldn't be doing and putting themselves around individuals they shouldn't be. There's more to life than to wonder who's loyal and who to trust. It really turns my stomach that whoever you are, you wanted to message me saying that you saw whatever happened, made no sense to me, but then send me a photo saying someone is a snitch? Stupid. If by any means you know something, keep that shit to yourself and just bring closure to everyone and find wherever she may be. I truly think she's alive. I've said what I wanted to say. Wish you well with your journey of fucking with people's heads. I'd appreciate it though, if you left me being one of them out of that journey. So who the fuck is behind the Facebook profile, Nick the Boss? And how much weight do we put behind this testimony? This profile is known to some of those we've heard from already. Jessica, Brittany's mother, has info about the user of the Nick the Boss account. Um, from what I was told, Ashley told me that she was using his profile and that she was talking to Rabbit on there, acting like she was Nick the Boss. Then Rabbit tells me that he, or that she was using it as well, that he knew she was using it randomly, like he, he already knew. So it's a toss up between Ashley and Rabbit. My guess, it was Ashley. Because Ashley also apparently filed his taxes and took them. That's what Ashley was telling me. Anyway. Why in the world would Rabbit snitch on himself? That was my initial reaction. My second thought is why would Ashley say this about Rabbit? At this point, I don't know where this lead's taking us. I don't know what'll come from it. But when someone says they witnessed a murder, you can't ignore that type of shit. It always surprises us that in this late stage of the investigation, we're still pinning new people on the suspect board. We'll continue to work that lead and keep you posted. Speaking of leads, let's revisit the $20 gas receipt from the Marathon gas station the night Brittany disappeared. You heard in previous episodes that Ashley claims to have obtained this receipt after her vehicle was stolen. She says in February of 2019, she located her vehicle after JJ stole it. Ashley claims that JJ Fox cleaned her car out when he had it. Once her vehicle is located, Ashley sends her boyfriend at the time, Del Guffey, and good friend, Larry, to retrieve the car. When they arrive, Ashley receives a phone call from Larry, informing her that her vehicle is inoperable. Ashley requests Larry to retrieve items from inside her car. She claims that bags of trash were brought back to her, and she decides to go through them. This is when she discovers the gas receipt from 6.11pm the night Brittany went missing. In comparison to other retellings of this event by Ashley, there were some significant discrepancies. In one recounting, Ashley says she was present when they retrieved the vehicle from JJ. She says that she demanded JJ return the items once she saw that the car was cleaned out. In this story, JJ goes inside the place he's staying, brings two bags of trash out, and gives them back to Ashley. In the second recounting, Ashley isn't present, and Larry returns the trash bags to her. Dale and Larry said JJ wasn't around when they retrieved the vehicle and the bags of trash, which means the bags would have already been inside Ashley's car. So how does Ashley know the bags were inside JJ's house? She claims it was because coffee grounds were mixed in with the trash. My apologies, but I'm calling bullshit. It would make sense if JJ stole or borrowed Ashley's car the night Brittany went missing and the receipt was left behind. How else would Brittany's receipt be in Ashley's car? 
did JJ use Ashley's car on or a few days after the 30th? No doubt, JJ's been challenging to work with, but being persistent may have paid off. I contacted Kimmy, his girlfriend, to see if she could facilitate a meeting between JJ and myself. In our opinion, the receipt is a big deal. I think Ashley recognizes this. And that's why she's pointing the finger straight at you, JJ. At the time of this interview, I hadn't yet shared the information we discovered on the podcast. Here's how it went. Hey. Hey. How's it going? Um, it's going. How are you? Good, 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 good. So what's the what's the situation? Who we who's who's there with you? Um, it's just me and JJ and a couple of people, but we're good. Who's the other people? Anybody I know? Do you want? No. So JJ's there. Yeah. JJ, tell you how our last conversation went. Kind of. Kinda. Your guys is yours and James' um, last conversation. He said he don't remember. He don't really remember. Okay, we're still on that understanding, just that we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about it. Are you are you guys on that understanding that you're not gonna talk about it? Yes or no? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna, I mean, like I said, the stuff's gonna come out. I'm gonna start releasing stuff. I'm gonna start releasing more and more info. And this is the opportunity that I'm putting out before you guys, just because I don't want this to be something where it's like, okay, well, he didn't get a chance to be able to say his side of the story. I'm gonna be unapologetic. Like I'm telling Brittany's side of the story. This is why we do it. Yeah, and that's what, that's what you're supposed to do. I just want us to make sure that we're all on the same page. Yeah. Um, JJ just said that um, he's not going to talk to you while people are around, but now the house is cleared out. So he's wanting um, to talk now? Yeah. Are you still in town? Yeah, I'm going to be around for a little while, but why? I'm not really in town, but let's go along with it. Um, because um, I, we're leaving here soon. Um, I was gonna say, would do you want to meet up? I got he said couple. he'd rather do it in person. Let me talk to him about it. All right. Hey. Yeah. So what's the deal? It's a trust issue. What do you mean? What's the deal? Well, you ain't willing to talk about it until other people are when other people are around. Then you're willing to get on the phone. So I'm trying to understand the situation. I don't want nothing to do with it. That's the, situ the situation is I don't want nothing to do with any of it. When that whole thing was going on, when you were with her and Eric, I have questions about that. I've never fucking ever once said you had something to do with it. And that's why I've always said that why you were changing, why you switched up and you went to this whole mode of you and I were talking while you were in jail. You and I we both- a couple times. You didn't get really far. What? Okay. He just wants, you know, he just wants to know your side. That's all he wants. Ashley did it. There you go. Then if Ashley did it, then 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 why? Ashley, how does he know that? Got it. Go get it. He's just irritated because there's people. What did he say? No, 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 no. Go back to that. What did he just say? He said, Look, Ashley did it. Eric did it. Ashley How does he know Ashley, that? Ashley, Eric. Come meet me in person. Come on, Dad. Like, he said, meet him in person. He'll talk. I'm going to be, okay. Like, Get him on the phone one more time. Just at least throw me on speaker. All right. All right. JJ, I'll meet you in person, but you just told me, Ashley and Eric, that you thought that, they, whether you thought or that you know that they did it. I think they did Oh, should I know? Should I know they did it? I answered that question. 
this is my fucking point. You were with them around that time. I've never again put you in that circle that you were responsible. I'm telling you, you were around them during the time shortly after she went missing. I have questions about Eric and Ashley, not about JJ. The night that you guys got pulled over. I want to go no. back to when he started even going around Ashley's. Like, when did that start? When did you see Brittany there? The day I was going to look for it. I'm not talking on this fucking phone. Okay. Um, okay. He doesn't trust the phone. That's why I'm going to do it in person. I'll tell you what, Kim, I'm going to be back this October. Okay. But I'm concerned that time's going to go by and he's going to change his mind. He's not going to talk. I know, that's what I'm afraid of too. But my question is this, he just said to me, he whether he thinks or thought or how he feels, I'm trying to figure out if that's just an opinion or is there more there? Both. And this is what I told you before, there's a receipt where Ashley says, I found this in my car after JJ took it. Yeah. That receipt was to Brittany's account the night she went missing. JJ, where'd you get She's the putting I mean, JJ no, on the- No, you found it in Ashley's truck. Ashley said she found it in No, Ashley told him that she- Okay, that's- Okay. Then when did he start hanging out with Ashley? That's what I'm saying. Um, he went, he, uh, he hung out with uh, Ashley's after um, Brittany went missing. That's just a fight, okay? He said the same time that they were out there looking for Brittany is when he started November 30th. I thought it was the 28th. No, it was the 30th. No, it was the 30th. And they didn't report her missing until the um, December 8th. December 8th, yes. Yeah. So after December 8th is when he started hanging around Ashley. Britt went missing on the 30th. They reported her missing on December 8th. Last time I'm out seeing her. Yeah. Well, he said he was told it was the 28th, not the 30th. Did JJ start looking for Brittany after she was reported after, missing? Um, yeah, after December 8th. Not before? Not before. So so here's my point. Is that receipt that was found in, in, in Ashley's car? Yeah. JJ didn't borrow Ashley's car on November 30th. You didn't borrow her car at November 30th, did you? I don't think so. November 30th? No. No. He wasn't even hanging out with her then. It, was, it didn't need to be this difficult. That's no. what I'm, all I'm looking for, dude. <laughs> I know. Why is things gonna be so difficult and why you gotta be so shitty? <laughs> Let me ask you this other question. Have you ever seen. Have you ever seen. Do what? Did he leave? No, he's still here. Has he ever seen Britney's phone? Have you ever seen Britney's phone? No. Okay. He's just asking questions. He doesn't think. Uh, I guess Eric found a back of a phone like 60 yards from the wreck. For, it was past what the the long driveway house, the short driveway house, the oh, young kids' the house? first house, the young kids' house, the big beautiful house, the big two-story house, John, um, with all the pine trees, so the farmhouse. Okay, I'll I'll stay in contact with you. I'll text you right now, but I'm gonna be back there. I'm. When the question is thrown out there, I asked JJ if this is his opinion or if this is something he knows. His answer? Both. JJ didn't know or hang out with Ashley until December 23rd, 2018. He said previously that he didn't meet her until the day he and Eric are searching in the woods for Brittany and Eric calls Ashley to come pick them up. This is nearly a month after Brittany vanished. For Ashley's position about how she obtained the receipt to make sense, it would require JJ holding onto Brittany's receipt for almost three months, then tossing Brittany's receipt into his trash and thoughtlessly giving it to Ashley. 
Ashley discovers the receipt, and even though at the time she doesn't know that it's Brittany's, she decides it's relevant enough to take a picture of. If you recall, Ashley says she doesn't note the card number matching Brittany's Walmart money card. Shasta, who you heard from in episode 33, is the one who eventually figures out that piece of information. Ashley doesn't find this piece of evidence even relevant enough to hand it over to authorities. Even if she didn't realize it was Brittany's when she found it, has she ever reported this information to law enforcement? JJ said Ashley and Eric did it. I've never felt JJ's hands were involved in Brittany's disappearance. According to witnesses at Grandma's, he's too tall to be mystery man. He's 6'3 and has a distinctive look with tattoos on his face. He's just super fucking difficult to deal with. I feel that he knows more than he's saying, and this may be in form of information he learned from the time he spent with Eric and Ashley. When we discovered the information about Brittany's receipt, I emailed Detective Auden hoping there would be some traction with this information, perhaps questioning Ashley and JJ. I sent that email on March 22nd, 2022. What's come from it? Nothing as far as we know at this point. March 23rd, 2023. Ashley hasn't been asked about it, nor has JJ, the person she's pointing the finger at. One would assume this information would be something law enforcement would be happy to have. One would also assume this piece of evidence would be something you'd want law enforcement to have in the investigation into your best friend's disappearance. So Ashley, why haven't you contacted the detective to share this piece of evidence you have from the night Brittany vanished? You called them to your apartment to show them the pictures of Brittany in Eric's phone from January 2018. You got into her accounts to see if you could find any leads or clues that could help with her investigation. You've said time and time again that you've put yourself in dangerous situations to try to find answers. Your hesitance to report this vital piece of information is concerning. Because if JJ is behind this, as you suggest, why wouldn't you want to inform law enforcement that you have potential evidence that could implicate someone in your best friend's disappearance? The fact that Brittany's receipt isn't the most vital point of your own investigation is alarming. You put so much focus and energy on other individuals in your investigation, but I don't hear much about how JJ needs to answer for the receipt. Maybe it's because JJ never had it. Remember when you said that if you wanted your story to be told differently, you should have acted differently when it was being written. Well, let's see how you write the next few pages of your story. Contact the detective and share with him how you obtained Brittany's receipt and what you did with it. So friends, here we are, 24 months, 39 episodes in, we've come to a crossroad, where do we go from here? After three seasons and 84 episodes, I've learned a lot about investigating missing person cases. When I start a season, I see it through to the end, that means flipping over every stone and following up on all leads, no matter what. Sarah and I have an open discussion about where we're at. If you told us in 2021 that we'd be in this place in 2023, we both agree. We'd have never believed it. Walking away from Brittany's case and moving into a new case isn't an easy prospect for us. After the first GPR disappointment at Don Hill's former property, we felt hopeless. 
There was definitely a feeling of despair. But leaving and driving away, I kept looking in my rearview mirror, not knowing if she was there. As I got further and further down the road, it made me feel like we were abandoning her. In my mind, I pictured her reaching out to me, asking me not to leave her there, alone. I kept telling myself we were coming back. This wasn't us leaving for good. I go back to this day because the feeling we have now is similar. I promised Greg and Jessica we would see this through until the end. I told Nancy and Logan's family the same thing. That means our time with Brittany isn't over. I feel closer to the truth now more than ever. Right now, however, I recognize that we can't continue to produce episodes while investigating Brittany's case. We just can't give the time and attention to the investigation the way Brittany needs us to. And that takes priority over the show. What does this mean going forward? If you had asked me about a two-part season, I would have said probably not. If you had asked me if I could ever see a part three, I would have said that's unheard of. I'm here to say that what I thought was unrealistic is now confirmed. I've had many talks with Sarah about this. She feels the same way. Honestly, guys, this isn't the right time to end the season. We know certain things need our attention, leads to follow, and loose ends to tie up. We don't stop when we're tired. We stop when we have the answers. I'm here to say that Hide and Seek Season 3, Part 3, will be the final chapter of Britney's season. But it will require that we pause the show and focus on the investigation. We want to share some facts and points that we were unable to share earlier in the season, but feel they are relevant. We know many of you wondered what became of the stolen rental car. After we did our part and reported it, we washed our hands of that entire situation. However, as far as we know, what came from a stolen $25,000 car? Nothing. On November 19th, 2018, Brittany has a text conversation with Eric's mother. Brittany asks, Has he not been at home lately? Other than last night or something? Because, as far as I knew, he had. His mother replies and says he's been in and out. She tells Brittany that he left between 7 and 8 and didn't come back until they, meaning Brittany and he, show up that morning. Brittany responds to Eric's mom, telling her that she'll try to talk to him to see what's going on with him, because as far as she knew, he had been home. This is an interesting exchange. 11 days prior to Brittany's disappearance, it sounds as if Eric was spending a lot of time someplace Brittany and his mother weren't aware of. On December 6, 2018, two days prior to Brittany being reported missing by her father, Ashley shares a photo of herself flipping the camera off with an illustration of a cow in the corner. Inside the cow are the words, don't be dot s dot me darling. At first glance, this looks like don't bullshit me, but the BS is separated by periods, typical of initials. Her status accompanying this picture says, I know more than I say, think more than I speak, notice more than you realize. In case you missed it, this is two days prior to Greg reporting Brittany's disappearance. Two days prior to Ashley and Eric knowing that Brittany was missing. Allegedly. In December of 2018, Sheldon sends Brittany a message on her Brittany Keltner account. One would assume this message would go eternally unopened since it's sent after Brittany's disappearance. However, upon gaining access to Sheldon's account, we saw that this message to Brittany was opened and read on July 17th, 2019, 10 days after Ashley gains access to Brittany's BB God's Plan account. 
coincidence? You know how I feel about those. While we're on the subject of Facebook, let's discuss missing messages in the Facebook data download we were provided by Ashley. In the version of the download we were provided, we see a conversation between Ashley, who's using Brittany's BB God's Plan account, and Rockford, the PI. He notices that Brittany's account is active nine months after her disappearance. In this version of the conversation, we see just three messages, beginning on July 8th at 10.02 p.m., with the PI saying, Hello. 10.09 p.m., the PI says, Who is on this account? 10.11 p.m., the last message is sent by the PI. He says, This isn't a joke. You need to tell me who you are. In this version, there are no other messages and no responses. In an alternate version, the messages start at the same time, 10.02 p.m., with the PI saying, Hello. The next two messages are the same and occur at the same time as our version of the data download. But in this version, though, the messages continue past just the three shown in our version. On July 9th, the PI says, 1000, deliver me this phone. Cash, no names needed. The messages pick up on July 10th with the response coming from Brittany's account at 1.50 p.m. It's me. Now we do things my way, right? Less than a minute later, Rockford responds with a simple, yes. The difference in the data downloads is remarkable considering the information that's been removed is only beneficial to one person. While we're on the subject, this version of the data download has a download date of August 1st, 2019. Oh, and hold up. August 1st? How can that be? Ashley says she was out of the account on July 9th, the date of the download we were provided. I imagine the reasoning she'll provide for this is that someone else was in Brittany's account. Sure, we could consider this if she didn't respond back to Rockford under her own account on the same day, telling Rockford, it was me and Britt's Facebook. Yeah, we came prepared. What about that one time when you were in Brittany's BB God's plan account and accidentally posted from her account? And the date of this post? January 10th, 2020. Christina McKeever confronted you and asked, Is this you and Britt's account? You responded to Chris. Fuck my life. I was in trying to tape Sheldon's messages. Delete them. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Fuck me. I was in my messenger and I thought it took me to my Facebook. I feel sick. I'm logging off now. That was too much. I've never fucked up that bad. I'm so fucking sorry. So now, you were in there in January of 2020. Last November, Ashley posted a screen recording of her inbox with the intentions of showing that she received an email notification back in 2019 for someone attempting to delete Britney's Facebook account. In the video of her inbox, we see recent email notifications in Britney's name from Credit Karma and Facebook along with the 100-day anniversary email from Samsung. In case you missed that, they were all in Brittany's name. Recently, Ashley told a recounting of Eric being sent to get air in the tire of her SUV on the night Brittany disappears. In one version of the story, Ashley says needing air in the tire was a result of hitting a deer. When? I don't know. In the second version of the story, she hit a deer after retrieving her SUV from impound December 24th, 2018, the day after Eric and JJ are pulled over. It's interesting that these stories about hitting a deer have such major discrepancies. Annihilated a family of deer, totaled his car, 
And I just remember thinking how convenient you're gonna need in that lane, like yeah. immediately. Um, that's all I could think was how convenient. Like your car is gone now. It's total. It's it's gone, gone. They're never gonna go, be able to go through it again. Did you see the car? About three weeks ago, I re, uh, restored one of my accounts. What is the real significance of this dear entire story? In a recent conversation, Ashley tells our source that she thinks Eric was preparing for Brittany's disappearance. Going on to say that he decided to turn his location on three days prior to November 30th as part of his plan. Eric, it sounds like she's coming straight for you, dog. If there was a time to be big mad, this might be it. The ancient Greek playwright Sophocles once wrote, he escapes who is not pursued. While we're away, we're counting on a hide-and-seek family to keep the bonfire burning. Instead of next time on hide-and-seek, I'll just say, see you soon, Sturgis. Why don't you just tell me what you had told them? Tell them that I had some information. Something that... Something that happened a while ago involved murdering and kidnapping of somebody around. Did you see Brittany after she went missing? The Hide and Seek podcast is hosted, directed, edited, and produced by James Basinger. Written, edited, and produced by Sarah Joe. Engineered, mixed, and mastered by Nudon's Audio Engineering. Director of Photography is Ethan Schatz. Our graphic design is created by Jordan Robinson. 